Okay, so good evening to everybody. Welcome. Thank you for gathering. Um, so let's begin by chanting the refuges and precepts together. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Buddham Saranam Gachami Dhammam Saranam Gachami Sangam Saranam Gachami Dityampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Dityampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Tityampi Sankam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Sankam Saranam Gachami Panati pata veramani sika padan samadhyami Adina dana veramani sika padan samadhyami Abrahmacharya veramani sika padan samadhyami Musawada Veramani Sika Padam Samadhyami Sura Maria Majapamadatana Veramani Sika Padam Samadhyami Vikala Bojana Veramani Sika Padam Samadhyami Nacha Gita Vadita Visukatasana Malaganda Ilepana Dharana Mandana Vibhusanatana Veramani Sika Padam Samadhyami Ucha Sayana Mahasayana Veramani 
sikha padam samadhyami idam me silam makavalanyanasa pachayo tu Somebody mentioned finding the talk last week like an extended koan. Um, so <laughs> and this week we'll see how it strikes you. Hopefully there's something helpful. It might be a bit of a smorgasbord this evening, which is uh, wonderful, you know. Big board with different delicacies and things on it. So hopefully there'll be something there that might be helpful for you. Often when I teach a month here, I often feel like I need to include the hindrances. So this is it, folks. <laughs> but there's something about I like that once a month or so for one of the teachers just to acknowledge. <laughs> to me, there's, there's some, something about bowing to them which is an acknowledgement and a kind of a humility around these forces of aversion and sense desire and restlessness and sleepiness and doubt that we're all probably very familiar with in our practice. Sometimes very, very troublesome and sometimes more subtle and sometimes in abeyance. Wow. <laughs> that feels good. <laughs> right. And the sense of the eventually they can be uprooted, or the causes that give rise to them can, can cease, which is also a rather wonderful possibility. Um, so it seems to me like for a lot of us, a lot of the time we are asked to find ways and means skillful means with with these with these energies and i also want to include in a way any combination variety you know intensity uh you know some other like the sixth hindrance that seems to become quite frequent for you whatever that might be or just some sense of a very familiar sort of pattern of disturbance that occurs in your mind that is somewhat unique, perhaps, for each of us. You know, and we can use the common language of the hindrances, I think, really, really helpfully to share with each other and, you know, to, to listen to the teachings and some of the, the advice about what's helpful and also perhaps to name aspects of these these difficult, troubling energies, emotions, you know, 
all, I hope it's not confusing just to include that whole sort of realm of um, how we can get caught up in uh, mind states which are not conducive to, to clarity, to ease, to well-being, you know, to the welfare of ourselves and others. And, uh, yeah, that sense of... It's so natural, isn't it, to not want them to happen. <laughs> I'd just much rather they didn't happen. Thank you, you know, right? <laughs> and so there is something quite... Uh, there's quite an ask there to to kind of shift our attitude towards them, to have some sense of understanding how how important, helpful, necessary it is to find some kind of a skillful relationship. And I know I have to keep remembering that again and again because, you know, you can get caught up in the aversion to the hindrances and this kind of this kind of thing. And also how subtle it can be. So, you know, either, either very subtle or just very unconscious or almost so habituated, we don't really name it as a disturbance or a hindrance because it's just it's how it is, how I am. You know, it's just... And it's only perhaps at those times maybe now or in the past when the mind really settles and we get that taste of the mind without the hindrances that we and we can remember that <laughs> I think that's a skillful thing to remember that it is possible and uh, like I was suggesting yesterday the sense of of the, the impermanence, the anicca and we can really bring that into this contemplation into this kind of inquiry or um Obviously, it's there in the fourth foundation of mindfulness. So it's also, I think, so helpful to remember that when difficulty arises, it is actually within the realm of our mindfulness cultivation. Yeah, I find that encouraging. Kind of like, okay. And probably, you know, there's so many, there's such transformative potential. And I... I uh, I've, uh, this quote from Thich Nhat Hanh is just one way of kind of reminding us of this. He, he wrote, If we are aware of the paradise around us, it is because we have tasted suffering and we have learned how to practice with it and how to transform it into happiness. Uh, so again, sort of in a way, an inspiration, a sense of um, the energy of the mind, the body, the heart, the energy. I, I like to think of it all as a system of energy. And it gets channeled into these, you know, some of it gets channeled into these unhelpful patterns and some of it gets channeled into more wholesome, helpful patterns and states. And that there's this sense of the the possibility of that, like... That, that that energy that's caught in aversion can be gently, gradually sort of shifted into the wholesome, the seven awakening factors, the Brahma Viharas. And 
one of the ways I think this works is that wise relationship to the hindrances calls forth a lot of these wholesome qualities, doesn't it? What do you need? Patience, investigation, gentleness, compassion. So it, it actually can call all that forth. So I find that, like, can I open to that, that possibility? Um, and just, yeah, so we know that um, not just, you know, we have some skills and we can bear with it and put up with it, and <laughs> but that it actually it has this sort of li- kind of liberating potential in it. And if you, maybe you've experienced that, that... Um, yeah, that 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 the skillfulness around the hindrances is very, yeah, it's very inspiring. It's a kind of uh, a liberation. That's not you know the complete liberation, but it's it, it's a it's a temporary liberation of the heart, and that that in itself is yeah so encouraging. So um, many many benefits. And I was thinking about how my sense of the having having some kind of wise relationship with the hindrances, it, it brings a kind of emotional flexibility and fluidity and a kind of also maybe a greater capacity for empathy and compassion for ourselves but also with others like that ability and willingness you know not to shut down or deny or you know be frightened of or pretend it's not happening or be embarrassed about it or you know this kind of push it away um, or on the other kind of extreme just feel completely disempowered in the face of it, sort of dragged off by it, and we just sort of, yeah, okay, I'm like that, you know, throw up our hands, <laughs> like, oh, well, maybe it'll be better tomorrow, which, you know, sometimes, yeah, <laughs> as we all know, <laughs> like, it's just, okay, let's just go to bed and hope for the best, and then actually tomorrow it is better, and so it's like, okay, so maybe skillful means include some of these kind of throwing our hands up because, yeah, all of our fixing, all of our strategies and everything have, have their limits. So, so the middle way between, between those two, I sometimes kind of find that like, so you're, you're, you're um, sort of um, sense of what's, what's the middle way with what's challenging and difficult. So that's what I want to explore and just share a few sort of quotes and practical suggestions around this, but really mostly commend you to your own wisdom. You know, as with so many things in practice, I think we know, we, know, we often know what's needed, but we, it's hard to remember. It's hard to remember, especially when hindrances are active. I had an experience a while ago where, yeah, I was really, really activated, big hindrance attack. It doesn't happen so often anymore. 
where I just felt really pulled into it. It was really hard to maintain any mindfulness. And it's like, wow, <laughs> still, uh, you know, one might hope one is beyond that, but apparently not yet, not for me. But, you know, there's a, there's a sense of, okay, I was rummaging around trying to find my emergency Dharma kit, you know, I'm like, okay, where are the plasters? You know, where's the oxygen? <laughs> this kind of thing. And actually, one of the, the things, like, I was so a bit deranged, I could hardly even, you know, like, what the heck? And I went through, I'm going to share with you some teachings. Um, and one of, one of the little teaching structures you may or may not know about is from Gil Fronstahl. And it's an acronym, BELLA, which is beautiful in Italian, I believe. And so I was like... B, what does that stand for? And I couldn't remember, and I couldn't remember. But B, what the blowing hell is that? I can't think. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so I went through, and I was like, E, oh, examine. And I was like, no, I can't examine anything at the moment. I'm too, blah, you know. I was like, help. Okay, what's the name? L. Oh, what the hell? There's two L's. What's the first one? <laughs> but then I remembered. I remembered the first one. It's lesson, as in L-E-S-S-E-N. Not L-E-S-S-O-N, which it could be, but it isn't. And I was like, something in me just went, yeah, I guess I can't hold that. You know, like, once I didn't, yeah, I did actually have this awful experience of nearly drowning with a child on my arm. It was terrible. Anyway, I won't go into that. But it suddenly sprang to mind <laughs> for some reason, drowning in hindrances. <laughs> and there was this, like, in that occasion in the physical world that there was this this pole appeared in front of me and I just grabbed it this wonderful lifeguard saw I was struggling in this thing and I it felt like that a bit when I had this ah lesson and in that teaching Gil says it's less than the intensity just like take some of the wind out of its sails and I could do that. I thought, yeah, I can do that. That seems manageable, given my, my, my limited resources in, in those moments. And so what I did was just long, slow breathing for a while. Because I was in a situation where I couldn't actually physically get out, which, you know, anyway. And so the long, slow breathing and feeling the ground, feeling the body resting on the seat and that was my that was my pole that I hung on to for a while and I just share that as a slightly extreme example but it's like the value of some of these sorts of practices and these little teaching structures that can see us a bit basic and I'm a bit beyond that I'm at the forest refuge come on I am way beyond that by now showing right you know I want the advanced version <laughs> So if that's the case, then I did have somebody a while ago who I had been offering some of these and uh, they came to me later and said, you know, they'd had that reaction of, well, it's, yeah, it's a bit basic, where's the advanced version? And, and then a few days later had had some difficulty and found themselves using it and finding it very helpful. So I'm like, oh, well, good. Um, but yeah, commending you to your own wisdom. And, you know, I think, like sometimes in the. I wanted to share a bit of a, a sutta 
the Buddha talks about the hindrances, you probably know, just beautiful, wonderfully helpful images, similes, and actually a variety of them. But the ones I've chosen for us tonight is the, the water, the water-based ones. And I'm not going to read the whole sutta, I just wrote down some little bits. But the part of it that just sprang to mind was the part where he says it's like you, ca- you cannot, it's a bowl of water, you know, in various sorts of disturbances, you cannot see your reflection clearly. You cannot see what's there. And that's kind of like the, when the hindrance or the group of hindrances, and they all gang up on you, um, it's kind of what it feels like. You can't see yourself. You can't. You can't see anything clearly. Another person, a situation, and so I think that's why it was so helpful in that situation to kind of lessen the intensity, and then you see a little bit more, and you have a bit more access to you know what's possible, what would be helpful, and then things can open up. So this sense of in that in this sutta, you can. Um, I got the sutta reference if you if you want it. It's the um, Samyutta Nikaya forty six fifty five. You can check that out with me later if you don't remember and you want it. Um, that there's um, a sense of whatever is whatever mind state, we're a bit in, in the third foundation of mindfulness here, right? That what is the mind currently affected by? What is filtering or tinting, right? What, what, what is affecting or shaping the way we're perceiving, the way we're experiencing ourselves or others? You know, and this sense of my sense is that so often, so much of the time, we're not completely clear. There is something happening that's kind of affecting our perception, meaning we can't see quite clearly. Or it's like a slight tint of aversion or yeah, so so being able to again the humility really Rather than saying, you know, oh, you know, the mind is radiant and pure, which the Buddha did say, um, and that hindrances are visiting defilements, you know, they visit, I mean, which I think is a really helpful view to have, to remember. But that actually, for me, I often, I, just, I don't say, you know, ask if hindrances are present or not, I ask which ones are <laughs> active you know or or which one is active right now that if I can ah you know it's kind of the lead it's like the lead goose you know everything else is following that and so you know if 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 the mind is not very subtle it's like just acknowledging that and so part of the skillfulness I think the the middle way between the kind of getting caught up in and acting out and believing in and then on the other hand the resistance and the denial and oh I don't really experience that sort of thing you know I'm over that by now whatever it might be 
that that we have again these these sort of these skills that we hone, and I think a lot of it has to be done in 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 situ in the field, you know, in vivo. It doesn't. You might have the theory, but <laughs> it's like learning to teach school, which I used to do decades ago. And like learning about it in college, you know, and studying them. And then getting in the classroom with 30 teenagers, going, wow, <laughs> you know, nothing seemed to be relevant of what they said in that thing. Like, oh my goodness. So I think it can feel a bit like that with the hindrances. There's all these good ideas and maybe things we've learned, and then you're in it and you're sort of like, how, oh, wow, okay. So that that sense again of, I, I feel like, you know, maybe we have a sense that the steadiness and the samadhi and the clarity is like we get on retreat and that that really grows when we're calm and clear and like everything's going, you know, and then, yeah, now I'm really doing the getting the, cultivating the steadiness. Well, maybe... Oh, sorry. Maybe, yes. And what about the steadiness and the patience and the persistence that is being cultivated when things are difficult? You know, to me, that's very powerful. That that, that is maybe a kind of, uh, yeah, resilience. And then hopefully then that helps us, like, show up with a bit more skill and resilience in situations in in our life you know it's almost like good if you have trouble on retreat <laughs> i wouldn't wish it on anyone <laughs> and it seems to be fairly inevitable for most most of us at one point or another um so yeah i want to share hopefully this just as one of the ways perhaps that can help us to recognize how is the mind affected right now it's not always so obvious Um, but so um, a bowl of water mixed with dye is like a mind obsessed with sensual lust one neither knows or sees as it really is one's own good or the good of others or the good of both right so one one thing that I struck me today when I was looking at this again is um, that sometimes sensual desire can be present and we are not lost in it. We can observe it, we can see it. So I think that's really important. It's like here, to me, this is like you know, the mind obsessed, it's just full, it's just completely carried away, right? It's completely, you, it's, it's hard to describe, isn't it? But it's like being completely identified with, sort of carried away with, believing in. Oh, that's, that's dangerous, right? I and mean, I think literally that can be, you know, that harm can be done. Really serious harm can be done from that, right? So just to honor that sense of, wow, actually, there is sensual desire, but it's being known. I'm not completely in its sway. 
so hmm. maybe I see a little bit what's going on like you know I see I've got a bit of in touch with my own good and the good of others right we're not we haven't completely left that or a bowl of water heated over a fire bubbling and boiling is like a mind obsessed with ill will one neither knows or sees as it really is one's own good or the good of others or the good of both I I mean we could just spend several talks just on this little bit of paper I just think it's incredible so rich so if we're looking for signs of the presence and activity of hindrance I think this like are we in touch with our own what is really for our own welfare or the 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 welfare of others or the welfare of both like if we're not then what's in the way of that so it's a kind of I don't know that might be a a clue. I sometimes think we have to look for clues about what's really going on. So, the third hindrance, a bowl of water covered over with water plants and algae is like a mind obsessed with sloth and torpor. One neither knows or sees as it really is one's own good or the good of others or the good of both. You know, so again, maybe that difference between being completely, you know, what happens to all of us, doesn't it? You just wake up and you just don't know how long you've been (laughs) out of it. And while you're out of it, you're discerning capacity to know what's for your own good is sort of gone, isn't it? Temporarily. It's like that's just not available. Okay, and then the fourth, the fourth hindrance, a bowl of water stirred by the wind, rippling, swirling, churned into wavelets, is like a mind obsessed with restlessness and remorse. One neither knows nor sees as it really is one's own good or the good of others or the good of both. You know, and again, it's not the difference between being mindful of that and recognizing that's happening and really being lost in it. You know, we all know what these are all like, don't we? Presumably we all experience them. But this sense of being completely carried away in it, I realize sometimes I think, well, I made a bit of progress with that. I don't think I'm quite as carried away, quite as often, you know, with some of these. <laughs> so that's good. The relationship, the, the wisdom gradually maybe coming in a bit more readily, more of the time. That's a kind of optimistic view of things. But, you know, that sense, like he says, being obsessed with the... I'm so restless and I just can't. And then I'm resting, restlessness, restless with the restlessness. And I was like, I've got to, you know, and I can't. And it's like, boy, wow, there you are. 
then that's like becomes your whole world. I think that's for me quality of being really this level of being lost in a hindrance as that sense of your world has just been completely taken over. And then the last one is a bowl of water that is turbid, unsettled, muddy, placed in the dark, like a mind obsessed with doubt. One neither knows or sees as it really is one's own good or the good of others or the good of both. So, hopefully, I mean, to me, when I'm reading this now, I'm thinking it's partly maybe helpful to help us name, but it's also like a cautionary tale, you know? It's like, this, this, we need to, we need to develop skills around this because you can really get in trouble, uh, cause harm to yourself or others. That's where it really links with the ethical part of the path, I think. You know, working with the hindrances is part of what helps us to, to keep our precepts. Mm. And of course, keeping the precepts helps us to really confront the energy of the hindrances, you know, to, not, to not do that acting out part, um, but to work with the energy. So, um, yeah, this recognize, I wanted to um, touch on this other acronym, which you probably are very familiar with, which again I use along with the Bella, is RAIN. So recognize is the R of RAIN. And, you know, using imagery, um, this sense of, turning, turning towards and using this observing sort of power of, of wisdom, this reflective power of, of wisdom. But initially, I think it's a sense of, do, do you ever, I think, I think I find it quite helpful sometimes to just re- recognize there is upset. I am upset. And then what I try to do is go to that there is upset, right? So that's actually bringing in the, the wisdom view about, of non-self, of shifting so that what happens if I sense this just as human energy, so I've jumped to the N of RAIN, for those of you who know that acronym, but I often feel like that seeing it, this is just human energy, it's get, it gets knotted up and this is this, nauseatingly familiar thing that it's doing for the 59 millionth time. <laughs> Bit of a version creepy in there and personal. And, but this sense of this is what human energy does. And while it might vary a bit between us, there's the you know, energy gets tangled up. It gets in this sort of way, in the ways that the you know, the similes point to and, and perhaps in, in other ways as well, like for us to, what does this feel like? If, if there was an image, I nearly brought in the picture I drew of my inner critic. Uh, I didn't, but I'll tell you, I, I think drawing, it's like if, 
this is one constellation, isn't it? Or this is one, to me, like manifestation of the hindrance of aversion. It's like it was. I drew this, this sort of great big figure with a big head and big, huge hands and like huge boots on its feet and this absolutely, you know, grimace on its face and 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 um, kind of big eyes. Anyway, you get the idea. The sort of part of the demon family. And it was so helpful to draw it. Somehow, again, assistance for mindfulness can be various. Perhaps you could sing it if you're musically inclined. Or it's what sound would it make? What kind, you know, I, I love, I'm very body gestural. I used to be in theatre and I'd be like, yeah, it's like you know like <laughs> sounds and this sort of like you know it kind of and f- you know for me then that can almost be a, yeah an assistance to mindfulness because it's like making it clearer what it is not just the idea of it but right the felt reality and maybe that creature has thoughts but I think for me when I get to the real essence of it it's, there's not much verbal there it's more like raw energy and in a in a particular shape and a, and a, and yeah anyway so perhaps that's helpful perhaps not um i don't do it so much anymore but at one point it was actually really really helpful hmm yeah so um <laughs> I also wanted to share um, some other images from Ajahn Sachito, who's a very dear teacher for me. And uh, I hope I do some... His, if you know him, he has an extraordinary sort of endless like fountain of images that come out of him. I was like, wow. Um, so there's one is talking about um, being in the... being, being um, kind of prodded at and by the hindrance by like like a, a bear just kind of like with his big paw kind of sort of nudging you and pawing at you and 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 Arjun said just play dead just play dead and, and the bear eventually like there's nothing happening here I'm going off or like a hindrance can feel like an octopus, you know, it's got all these different arms and then this one gets one bit of you and then you manage to kind of unhook that one and then another arm gets another bit of you and, and you manage to un, undo that one and then it, another bit of it grabs you in another place. And for that he said, you just go small, shrink, be very still. And the third one was um, hindrances can be maybe like a swarm of flies, which I'm, he didn't say this, but I'm guessing it's like thoughts. Thoughts. And instead of jumping up and down and swatting at them and, you know, I don't know, all the unhelpful things we might do, he, he just says, uh, don't know. <laughs> don't know. Again, I'm glad you get that. It's, it feels like it's a bit English. Like in American, that is don't know. Okay, she needed the translation. Don't know, don't know. It's like, what's that? Play dumb. Play dumb. 
And I was thinking the way doubt, you know, can get, come at you and say, well, what are you doing? You're doing this, you know, it's like, you know, that's not very good, is it? And, you know, what do you think you're doing? Can you explain yourself? You know, shouldn't you be doing this? You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then it, because it, it's not getting a rise out of you, it's like, oh, my God, I'll find someone else to bother. <laughs> so I think this points to something one, again, of many skillful means maybe we can have in our little emergency dharma hindrance kit of non-reactivity. Because the, the hindrances seem to have, like, a, a, aversion invites aversion. Feeling a lot of aversion. aversion. So I've got to go and tell them how wrong they are. <laughs> or I'm feeling a lot of aversion. I am so terrible. Why can't I? No. That the, the, they they can generate what you think is a response. It's not. It's just part of the hindrance. And the sense desire. You know, oh, how can I just stuck in this longing? You know, if only I could go to the beach, <laughs> oh, I would be all right. I just need to go look at the sea. Oh, I would be all right. You know, so if only mind. Again, it's still, you know. If only. That's a really, really helpful thing, I think, to bring around that area of sense design. Again, it's like the we're still in the constellation and we feel like we're trying to get out of it, but actually it's just more desire. It's more trying to get. Um, so non-reactivity, like with Ajahn's images, it is very powerful and it's very counterintuitive and it's counter to the energy of the, of the hindrances. Um, I mean, even with sloth and torpor, I think that's an interesting one because it's not helpful to get in a battle with it, isn't it? It's like, and I think one of the things with that, where maybe it's somewhat similar, non-reactive, is that you you kind of learn to get comfortable and but stay awake with low energy, so you're not requiring it to be higher. You're kind of like, okay. You know, and we kind of just lower our effort level to kind of match the energy. But we don't drop it. We don't drop the effort. And I, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's a, just one way maybe that we can kind of feel we can, Again, not be struggling against that, but also not giving into it. Again, we're finding some kind of a middle way. Yeah, non-reactive. And, you know, I think it's, it's also interesting to me that there can be this urgency with a lot of the hindrance experience and that it kind of tells you you've got to do something, you've got to do something now, you've got to, whatever, you know, it's like compulsive, got to, and it's got to be now, it's urgent. And to me that's another sign and signal, it's another clue. So I try to do that. Remember, if I'm hurrying, if I'm pushing, rushing, with some sense of urgency, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, it's a sign the heart is caught up in yeah in in, in, in some hindrance Let's see how are we doing um, 
So just going through rain very briefly, because it is a really, it's another really helpful kind of teaching structure of recognize, accept and allow, or non-reactivity, depending on which language is maybe more helpful for you. And then the I of rain is interest or investigation. And this is, I think, one of the reasons why this is so helpful is not to generate lots and lots and lots of thinking about whatever, what's going on and why it's going on and what I need to do and what could and, you know, but actually curiosity, interest that is kind of receptive, that's an approach quality, right? And that that moves towards or it, it is receptive to and it's it's like a, an antidote to the in a way you could say natural aversion to the hindrances because of their unpleasantness so unpleasantness tends to a condition aversion right so and and most of the hindrance experience tends to be unpleasant mostly so to actually it's like um if we can find that curiosity and interest, which is more receptive than probing, although maybe probing is sometimes helpful. Do you see? It's like you're shifting your relationship to it. You, you've got this, that, that interest can kind of dislodge some of the aversion and the reacting to the reactions to the reactions. So you're bringing in a different kind of energy, a different kind of attitude what if, <laughs> what if I just got really, really curious, you know, in that kind of interested, receptive, like I'm making this gesture with my hands, it's, it's like, a, like a satellite dish. So it's, it's like very, it's like, uh, hmm. mm, you know, pointing it to yourself, something like that. And then the N, which I've touched on, of non-identify, of of being able at times to <clears throat> shift from I am anxious to there is anxiety. It's a very, very simple example, but actually very, very helpful, I think. You know, I am whatever, fill in the blank, <laughs> and then just shifting it. And the language... And just helps to point us to a different way of, again, relating to what's happening that can, can be helpful um, sometimes. You know, maybe it's sometimes helpful to say, I, it's a kind of honesty to that. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I am like that. Or, you know, so again, it's all about skillful means. I don't think formulas and... Like it has to, it has to be something that you you test out for yourself. You know, find what what helps for you. Um, so let's see. I think yeah, coming. So I'm wondering how to bring this to a close. One one of the one of the ways in which this rain has been interpreted. I think it began. I think many years ago with Michelle McDonald, but it's circulated a lot through different insight meditation teachers that sometimes the N is actually said to be nurture or nourish 
And maybe that's also a really, really good thing if we think about right effort that Roxanne was talking about on Tuesday. That that this is an this is this is another, and we'll maybe cover a bit more of that. But this sense of actually the the the, the cultivation of the wholesome qualities that we're doing, you know, as much as we can, the best we can, you know, day after day, hour after hour, that that, that, that is, all of that is um, helpful in, um, you know, working with the hindrances when they arise, making it less likely that they will arise at all. So they're not just ameliorative, they can be preventive, you know. And and I remember years ago being on retreat and, you know, blessed with a very, very quiet, steady, settled mind. And my teacher us invited me to bring to mind a thought that in other circumstances might well trigger a lot of papancha, of fear or hindrance, you know. And that he, he suggested I just drop it into the mind. So I did it one day. I think I was outside. I think I was lying on the grass at Gaia House. And, and it was a particular thought that was a very habitual thought that was very triggering. I won't say what it was. You can, because you may have your own. But, and I tried dropping it into the mind. And when, it, when the mind was so quiet and it was like nothing happened. There wasn't even a ripple. Right. So, just maybe to say, just to encourage us all, you know, that every moment that we're cultivating something wholesome, a mindfulness or the loving kindness, you know, it's, it's, it's making it more likely <laughs> that we will be... Um, uh, in a more, we could say, empowered position with regard to the hindrances so that we can moderate and ameliorate their effects so that we can uh, act curatively, you know, sort of medicinally to them and that also we can maybe bit by bit, you know, become more immune, like we can become immunized because we just know them so well and we know, we know how to play dead when it's, when it's called for, when it would be helpful. Yeah, so maybe I'll, I'll stop there. Thank you so much for your kind attention. And, yeah. So let's close our time together by chanting the reflections on the sharing of blessings. And maybe just before we chant, if you if you wish, just join me. Just a few moments of maybe reflecting just briefly of what blessings you're aware of in your in your life today. Or just anything that might come to mind about here or anything in your life where you really feel 
tremendous sense of, of, of blessing, of being blessed. And mm, yeah, just letting that be known and and then if you wish just that sense of may all beings be blessed may all beings appreciate whatever blessings there might be in their life and may they share may this blessing this um, blessing that I experience in my life yeah, may that be shared with others, with all beings. May the blessings and benefits of our practice, of our life, uh, be for the good of all, be shared freely. And just offering in whatever way makes sense to you. So let's chant together. Through the goodness that arises from my practice, May my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue, my mother, my father, and my relatives, the sun and the moon, and all virtuous leaders of the world, may the highest gods and evil forces Celestial beings, guardian spirits of the earth, and the Lord of death, may those who are friendly, indifferent or hostile, may all beings receive the blessings of my life. May they soon attain the threefold bliss and realize the deathless through the goodness that arises from my practice and through this act of sharing. May all desires and attachments quickly cease and all harmful states of mind until I realize Nibbana in every kind of birth may I have an upright mind with mindfulness and wisdom austerity and vigor May the forces of delusion not take hold, nor weaken my resolve. The Buddha is my excellent refuge. Unsurpassed is the protection of the Dhamma. 
The solitary Buddha is my noble guide. The Sangha is my supreme support. Through the supreme power of all these, may darkness and delusion be dispelled. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.